Well, great to be back with you again. And we're looking at our series, which is The Words, The Ways and The Works of Jesus Christ, where we are exploring the book of Mark. So that's one of the Gospels. Um, and we've been going through that for, this is now our 32nd week, and just working our way carefully and slowly through the book of Mark. And we've come to this section, which is in chapter 11. And we're looking at verses 27 to 33. So as we do this, as we look at the words, the words that Jesus said, we look at the patterns of behaviour that he did, and we look at the, the great works that he did, the salvation that he gave us. It helps us to understand how we live our life as disciples. So as we're looking at this passage, we actually have to ask the question, should we challenge authority? Because this passage here we have in Mark's Gospel is about authority and the challenge to authority and what that means for us. So it raises a whole series of questions for us. What does it mean for us to be in a place of authority? What does it mean for us to exercise our authority in a, in a right and meaningful way? What does it mean for us to question the authority of Jesus? This is a really big question. And should we do that? So let's put this passage into context. So we've, see, the thing about when we read passages from the, from the Bible, we take a section and we read it, we need to realise it doesn't just exist by itself. It, it comes into it in context of what's happening, what's happened leading up to it, and what will happen afterwards. So, and and we, often it refers back to passages further back in the Bible as well. So there'll be references back. But here we need to, in order to understand why the religious leaders of the time, the, the, the people who were looking after the temple in Jerusalem, were questioning the authority of Jesus. We need to kind of understand that, put that into context. So let me just do it here for you, really briefly. So, and we've been focusing on this for the last two weeks. So we've been looking at what's been happening, or actually more than that, because we actually need to go before Christmas um, to actually get back to where we were. But see, what had happened is that Jesus had been teaching out into the countryside, had been bringing the disciples together, and he made his way to Jerusalem, the seat of religious uh, authority in that, in, in that time. And he's coming into Jerusalem. And as he comes in, he's riding in on a, on a donkey, on a colt, and people start hailing him as the chosen one coming in to save them. He's coming in the name of the Lord. And so they're ascribing him as the Messiah. And see, this is an interesting thing because what happens is suddenly Jesus is this, this teacher, this prophet, this leader who's been in the countryside, but now he's coming into Jerusalem, into the main section. And just by the sheer nature of the way he came into the temple that day, coming in, he actually exerted greater authority than those who were looking after the temple, the religious leaders of the time. His authority went way above them. But let me put it into practice, you know, for, for our daily lives here. So just imagine that you're in a, in a large company, middle management kind of thing, and you've got a team of people that you're looking after. And you're sitting in a team meeting, and you're leading that meeting. 
and you're, you're getting all of this stuff going, and suddenly what happens is the CEO walks into your meeting. You had authority, but that is now being usurped by the CEO who has even greater authority. This is what happened when Jesus rode into the temple, is that just by the sheer nature of him coming in and the people going, recognising him and proclaiming him as Messiah, his authority went way above the leaders of the temple. And so there's this whole question about the temple leader's authority in that space. And then Jesus leaves that space and then comes back the next day and, and he then upturns all the tables and drives out the money changers. And so he's, he's not only just by the sheer status, he's going in and saying, you are doing wrong. And he actually says, you are turning this place into a den of thieves. So he's actually putting them from authority into a place of actually low expectation about being a thief. So he's exercising his authority and who he is in that space and challenging those people who've been looking after it that what you have been doing has been wrong. And so there's a whole notion about, you know, when, when somebody comes up and challenges you in a position of leadership within our own lives and says, what you have been doing is not the right way, how do you feel? Have you ever, you ever had that happen? It really puts you down, doesn't it? You go, oh, but I thought I was doing the right thing. And see, this is what the religious leaders thought. They were doing the right thing. They had the rules, everything. They were following, and suddenly Jesus says, no, this is not the right. And so their authority has been challenged and questioned and put down, and Jesus has come up. So when Jesus, and then Jesus leaves and then comes back the next day, and this is where this passage comes in. So can you imagine the, the religious, let's just put it, you know, Jesus suddenly strolls into Jerusalem. He's walking into Jerusalem, and the religious leaders, oh, no, not again. You know, suddenly they're going, we have to challenge this guy because he keeps on, you know, telling us and putting us into place and all those kind of things. We need to put him into his rightful position, which is below us. So that's, that's, where, that's where they're coming from. They're going, we need to put you in your rightful position. So they ask the question, by what authority do you do all these things? So by what authority do you come into Jerusalem riding on a colt, being proclaimed a Messiah, letting all that happen? By what authority do you upturn the tables? By what authority are you teaching? By what authority are you training these disciples to do what you want to do? You know, they're just questioning all that. And this is what Jesus does. And let's just jump into the passage again. So we'll just put it up on the screen. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And again, they entered Jerusalem. So this is Jesus entering Jerusalem. As Jesus was walking through the temple area, and so there's different parts to the temple area, and as Kerry explained last week in a great message, and go and listen to that again. But as you're walking through the temple area, the leading priests, the teachers of religious laws and the elders came up to him and they demanded, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you the right to do them? So they're questioning Jesus. Jesus then says, I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, did John's authority to baptise come from heaven or was it merely human? Answer me. And they talked over amongst themselves. And, 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 you know, if we say from heaven, you know, people ask why we didn't believe in John. And, but, if we, but if we do say it was merely human, 
for they, they, they were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. Simple answer. We don't know. Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do things. See, see, here's the thing. Each time I read this passage, and see, I'm going to let you in. Each time I read this passage, I, I, I always ask the question, was Jesus just trying to avoid answering? Or was Jesus actually trying to avoid and hide back by what authority he was? And, and, and partly the answer is yes, but partly the answer is no, he wasn't. See, if he said, I'm the son of God, come here, then, the, the, then his time had not come, so it was not the right place to put that out there. But let me say he wasn't avoiding the question. He was engaging in a practice that was very common in the time, really common in the time. And, then, you know, it, it, it's called rabbinic questioning. It's, it's what the rabbis, the religious leaders and teachers would do um, to debate questions of faith and understanding of who God is. They would debate with one another. And have you noticed that what happens is that somebody will ask a question, and rather than simply coming back with the answer, what they would do is they would ask a question for them to think about and help them. And the question's there to help them think through how they can answer that question they've just asked for themselves. So it's a, it's a very simple way of changing it rather than just feeding information. It allows you to get them to start to understand what the question is they're asking. See, and this is not the only time that Jesus does this. Let me, let me just give you a couple of quick examples of, of other times. You know, like in Matthew 22, 17 to 20, um, the religious leaders are trying to challenge him again and ask, is it right for us to pay taxes? So in, in, in other, instead of Jesus going, well, yes it is or no it isn't and let me tell you why, he pulls out a coin and goes, whose portrait is it on this? So he asks a question that then they have to start engaging with and they say Caesar. Well, he says then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. So he, he's, instead of just going, yes, no, whatever, you know, answering the question, he gets them to engage with it by asking a question and then you can respond. You know, in, in, in Matthew 12, 9 to 12, you know, the religious leaders challenge him yet again. He says, is it lawful to heal on a Sabbath? Because, you know, Jesus, he's, been, he's been doing things on the Sabbath and, and, and Jesus responds with another question. He says, if any of you had a sheep and it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, would you take hold of it and lift it out? So in other words, he goes, would you do work? Which is the whole thing about the Sabbath stuff. Would you do work to save a sheep? And so he's questioning them and asking about their integrity in all of this space. See, so Jesus is not avoiding the question and, and, and trying to get around answering the question that the religious leaders were asking about his authority. He wants them to think about it. He wants them to be challenged about their own behaviours and about their own actions, about how they've lived their life, how they've played out their faith. See, John, John the Baptist, see, what he did, he called people to repent and to radically turn their lives around from sin and, and that their, their lives should show uh, the fruit of that change. 
So he was calling them to do that and do it in a, in a physical way by being baptised, being put into the water and being brought out and say, and they would come up and repent of my sins. I, I'm a changed person. I want to follow a new way. So that's what G, John was calling them to do. And, and what would happen is that religious leaders were looking at them and going, well, I don't want to do that. I'm not quite, you know, I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm right here, but other people can do that. So when he's asked about the, the challenge in their lives, about whether where the baptism from John came, was it something that God was doing? Or was it something merely that John the Baptist was doing to bolster himself up? They get caught in his bind. Because if they say it's from God, then the question is, well, why didn't you come and repent of your sins and your ways and change your behaviour? And if they say it's merely just a human thing, then everybody else around goes, but we see his from God. And so suddenly their authority about who they see as, uh, you know, as a prophet and working through this gets challenged. So they're kind of in a no-win situation because, they, because of their own actions and own behaviour. So they, they answer, I don't know. From all of this, what do we actually learn about what it means to be a disciple. And a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ, somebody who wants to live their life and, and knowing what the words of Jesus says on their life, knowing the ways, the patterns that Jesus has, and, and knowing that we've been saved through the work that Jesus does. So here's what's speaking to me today through this passage that we've had. And, and, and believe it or not, it's a question. How surprising. It's a question. Is it okay to challenge the authority? Specifically, is it okay to challenge the authority of Jesus? And simply put, yes. But here's the thing. When you question Jesus' authority, be prepared to have your own authority questioned. So when you come and say, oh, is, is the claims that Jesus made or did Jesus really die on the cross? Or, you know, be prepared that when you ask those questions, your own authority in asking those questions of who you are will be challenged in that. See, it really comes down to here, this simple question. It's the same question for each of us. And it was asked of the disciples earlier on. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? This is basically a question about who, what is Jesus' authority in this space? What is Jesus' authority over me? What is Jesus' authority over the world? Who is Jesus for you? It's a simple question. It's a question that we need to answer about how do we be challenged by by the very nature of the love of God found in Jesus Christ. See, most of us, like the religious leaders of the time, you know, we'd like Jesus to actually answer all our questions. You know, we'd love to be able to go, I've got a list of questions, Jesus, I just want you to answer them, and, and then I'll be happy. And so the problem is, whenever we do that, we'll always try and argue and have fault and try and create some exceptions for ourselves. But when we, when we truly encounter Jesus Christ, we're going to find, just as, as 
as everybody, his disciples, the people he met on the road, the, the religious leaders, that those who challenge, ask the challenging questions, those questions will often be reflected back to, to us in how we live our life, in what we do and what we hold dear. So is the question, who do you say that Jesus is for you? And that's what I want to leave you with today. Does Jesus have authority over your life? Lead you in places? Change your behaviour? Is he your Lord and Saviour to use other language? Or is he merely a human that spoke some nice truths? This is the question about Jesus' authority. Is he divine? Is he of God? This is a question of who Jesus is. And the question for you is, what are you going to do about it? If you truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God and has come to save you from your sins, what are you going to do about it? Let's just pray together. A gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for the opportunity to hear from you, to hear your words, to speak truth into our lives. Lord, we just ask today that you'll guide us, you'll lead us, that you'll challenge us in this time. Lord, we just ask that, that we may be able to say yes to you, that you are our Lord, our Saviour, that we may be able to say yes to you, that our lives will reflect your love, your grace for each and every one of us. Oh Lord, we just pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.